Hi, everybody. Before we get into this episode, I had to let you know, like I'm literally bursting at the seams, that on March 13th, Scouts Agency is launching something major. We have been working on this for months, all with the intention to serve your business expansion and catapult your brand awareness. Now, If you want to have first access at our early bird pricing plus access to bonuses, sign up on our waitlist at scoutsagency.com slash waitlist. There will be limited spots available, so if you've been ready to go from the plateaued business owner to the visible visionary, you're going to want first access. Again, that's scoutsagency.com slash waitlist. S-C-O-U-T-S-A-G-E-N-C-Y dot com slash waitlist to sign up for first access. I'm bursting at the seams and I know I have to keep this a secret for just a couple weeks longer, so cannot wait. Okay, let's get into the episode. Scout Sobel, and welcome to the Emotional Entrepreneur Podcast, the podcast where we talk business strategy while also vulnerably connecting on emotional resilience. As the CEO and founder of Scouts Agency, a female-focused agency where we get women as guests on podcasts, and someone who has suffered from, managed, and lived with bipolar disorder, the intersection of mental health and entrepreneurship is where I find my success. If you are here, it is because you are ready to feel safe in your emotions so that you can live your life of purpose. Let's get into the inspiration, shall we? Well, it looks like we have the last episode of 2021. We are here in the last week of 2021, and wow, have I done some reflecting. Ushering in 2022, ushering in a new year has never felt more impactful and powerful especially after, you know, the last couple of years we've had, I'm feeling this sense of rebirth, renewal, all of us stepping into our power. But first, hello, welcome back to the podcast. I am Scout Sobel, your host, and I am so grateful that you are ending the year with me here today. Today, I have a guest on to conclude this year in a really, really supportive way. I have Zoe Greco. She is an intuitive coach, intuitive and spiritual coach, which I will give more of a formal uh, introduction to in a little bit. And we talk a lot about using your intuition in business, which is something I have seen so many entrepreneurs struggle with. And so we're really going to give you the spiritual guidance and support to tap into your intuition and know that trusting your desires, your gut feelings, the way you are energetically being pulled in your business is the best way to be led and is the best way to take action. But first, before I introduce Zoe to all of you, I asked on my Instagram, at Scout Sobel, for some of your intentions for 2022. I don't necessarily create New Year's resolutions. I create intentions, or I think of a theme that I really want to embody. I, I guess it's sort of a manifestation work versus a resolution work, and I find that that encompasses a being, an energy versus a doing or an action list. And I find that when we embody the type of person, woman or man that we want to be, then our actions follow seamlessly and in flow. So on my Instagram, on my stories, I asked you guys for some of your intentions and I thought it would be really lovely to read a couple of them, some that really 
hit my heart, and I feel as if we're going to be really, really supportive, um, I would read some of them to you guys. So here are a couple of the intentions that you all submitted. Do more of the things that bring me joy and put myself first. Another one was remain excited and open-hearted instead of fearful. Stand up for myself more and set clear boundaries. Release self-doubt and make room for my power. Set boundaries to not hold me back. Finish tasks and projects that I started in 2020 and 2021. And another personal favorite, surrender more. Those intentions are so beautiful. And I find that when we create those, not necessarily spiritual, but really, really heart-centered, aligned intentions, and we reflect inward on how we want to feel and what we want to personally work on within our relationship world, within our self-help world, within our spiritual sense, again, the action follows. So my intention for 2022 is to follow my desires. I was in a meditation and something really, really strongly came through. If you haven't listened to last week's episode where I really break down what abundance is um, and how to rid yourself of a scarcity mindset, I talk about this awakening where I recognize that every time I invested and went all in on my desires, magic unfolded. And so I've gathered up evidence throughout 2021 that I can trust my desires So often we get an intuitive hit, which we will talk about in this episode, or we desire something and we can't really quite make sense of it, or it doesn't rationally look good on paper, or we start with the self-doubt and justifying why it's extravagant or, you know, flamboyant or superfluous, etc. And we never really allow desires to come through and just trust them because they were given to us in that moment. And so 2022 for me is going to be about not only embodying the belief that I can trust my desires and that they are given to me for a reason, but also the confidence and the strength to act out on those desires and to bring them into reality. So that is my main intention for 2022. I am keeping it very simple to trust my desires and to act on my desires. And before doing that, really aligning with is this desire a distraction and maybe an unhealthy way to avoid life, such as spending a lot of money on something that I don't need and doesn't really move my life forward? Or is this a desire that's really in alignment with the future vision and goals that I have for myself? So that's it. 2022 is about desiring and is about making those desires a reality. And not necessarily when I have a desire not getting caught up in the fear game, in the fear spiral of, is this a good investment? Is this a good decision? Does this look good on paper? What will people think of me? But really removing myself from all that rational judgment and trusting that if I truly want something in this lifetime, it's for a reason and I get to go out and create that reality for myself. So... This episode touches a lot on that process. I know that many times within the spiritual and self-help world or even in the entrepreneurial world, you know, even the process of, let's say, raising your prices, it feels really scary, which is what I talk about, the emotions behind the strategy in entrepreneurship. If you haven't gotten my book, The Emotional Entrepreneur, I will leave a link in the show notes. 
And so today we're really breaking down how Zoe and myself trust our intuition, our relationship to our intuition. We talk about trust and surrender and getting out of the rational mind to allow expansion and magic to come through specifically in your business. So for any of you who have listened to these things and, you know, have heard me talk about the the leaps of faith I took or the way I stretched myself and don't understand how that practically works or how to calm the fearful scarcity mindset catastrophizing swirl we all get when we have an intuitive hit, this conversation is really going to break it down for you and it's going to give you the tools to step into your business in 2022, trusting your desires and your intuition. So who is Zoe Greco? Zoe Greco is also known as the Merhipsy. She is an intuitive empath and spiritual coach whose work connects individuals to the divine guidance and unconditional love that awaits them in every moment from universal energy. As an intuitive energy healing practitioner, sound healing guide, and intuitive development mentor, Zoe uses her gifts of clairvoyance, healing, and empowerment to help individuals step into their purpose, gain clarity on their lives, and find fulfillment and abundance in all forms. Through the Mystic Rebel podcast, which is her podcast, her intuitive activation mentorship, and through her twice sold out Mystic Rebel Oracle and Crystal decks, Zoe helps others experience healing, discover community, and feel far less alone in their spiritual and personal journeys. So without further ado, Zoe Greco. I can't say that I know the Webster's Dictionary definition of intuition, but personally, I identify intuition as the needle on our compass or perhaps our compass itself that guides us in this lifetime. The thing that helps us always know in which direction to move, where to turn, where to go, how to proceed and what steps to take in order to get where you want to go. So it's the the channel of communication between yourself and the divine that supports you in moving toward your dreams, your destiny, the things that are both inevitable as well as, you know, your free will choices. That was really beautiful. And there's so many, I had five follow-up questions as you were talking about it. First, I want to get into what happens when we have an intuitive hit and the rational mind tries to talk us out of it. But before we go into that, can you mm-hmm. give a little bit of a backstory on your relationship to your intuition and how you have been in relationship with it over the years? Yeah, absolutely. I feel really fortunate because I was born very connected to my intuition, very kind of, it was evident, I think, to people around me, my parents, especially like talking about past lives, talking about choosing my parents, all the things that you are kind of freaked out to hear from a child. And I was luckily really fortunate to have, you know, my dad was supportive, I guess you could say, but my mom was like actively supportive, taking me to psychic fairs, to meet people who were kind of on the same wavelength so that I didn't feel like such a freakazoid. And so my entire life I've used Oracle cards, angel cards. I have used, you know, any manner of little like witchy tools, like pendulums and things. And, you know, in my childhood, it felt very natural to me, but it also felt very connected to my imagination, which I later learned was in fact, my intuition. Uh, And then as I grew up, I sort of, you know, put it away. I went to private boarding school in Connecticut. I was very much on a trajectory of like a very 
normal, serious, boring sort of life. And it wasn't really until college, I went to college in California that I sort of had an eruption of connection to my gifts. And luckily I was already very aware of them and like using them pretty frequently, but this was like, people were coming to my door, you know, my dorm room being like, Hey, I heard you did a reading for Priya. Can you do one for me? You're like, Hey, I heard you do this guy. Can you do one for me? And I was like, I guess so. And then in my senior year, I was like, okay, I guess this is what I'm doing for a living. So after my parents spent like $2 million on my education, I was like, Hey guys, I'm going to be a professional psychic. And honestly, that, that concerned people in my life because they were like, what, how do you make that a business? Like, how do you, how do you succeed in the world doing something so alternative? And it was in fact, my intuition that led me into a really healthy relationship with entrepreneurship and sometimes an unhealthy relationship with entrepreneurship, but a very deep relationship with entrepreneurship. And I'm extremely, extremely passionate about business, business ownership, entrepreneurship. Basically, I would say equally as I am passionate about uh, my own intuition. So it's led me every step of the way. And I'm excited to report that I have a thriving practice and a thriving business. And it's because I've dared to listen to my intuition along the way. Do you have any physical symptoms that come up? Are there any indicators that you have when your intuition is talking to you? For example, I get extremely fucking excited about something. And then basically within literally three seconds, I get super fucking terrified. Mm -hmm. And so when I identify that pendulum swinging between my emotions of something that lit me up and then the ego and the scarcity and the human part of us comes in and goes down, that's when I know my intuition's talking to me. So is there something that happens to you in your body uh, that you can kind of identify, oh, my intuition's talking to me right now? That's such a good question. And it actually makes me very aware of your intuitive gift. So we have eight psychic senses. There's four that are like more primary which is clairvoyance, like vision, clear cognizance, which is just knowing things, clear audience, which is hearing things and clear sentience, which is feeling things. And it's so obvious from your question, as well as like the way that you described your experience that you are clear sentient. So you experience things in your body, but also your emotional body, which are very, very connected. So I am also clear sentient. So feeling people's emotions, I do have physical symptoms. Like one of them is a tingling on the top of my head. Another one is when I get full body, like heat flashes. So for instance, anytime I'm doing a reading, I can start in like a sweatshirt and like, you know, be totally chilly in my house. And as soon as I start channeling, I'm like ripping my clothes off. I'm like boiling lava hot. So I definitely experienced physical symptoms. And in fact, in college, one of my best friend's boyfriends was pre-med and he like didn't believe in anything that I was doing. And he came to me and he was like, I'm really worried that you have epilepsy, like your symptoms like concern me. And I think you might have epilepsy. And I was like, oh, Mike, like you silly goose. No, I don't have epilepsy. I'm psychic. So yes, there are definitely physical symptoms that I personally experience, but intuition is an extremely personal and subjective experience. So for instance, I mostly identify as claircognizant. I just know stuff. I'm not really sure you know, how I know it. I don't have any sort of background information, but the information just sort of gets delivered to my mind. So you have to really learn about your intuitive type. I actually have a quiz on my website because people would ask me this all the time. So I was like, go take the quiz and it will tell you your 
your most primary intuitive type. Um, and then in my intuition activation mentorship program, I go in like and do percentages with people like, okay, you're 25% this, you're 30% this, like, so I can help them identify exactly how they perceive intuition, but it can come through in any manner of ways, like little visions you get, words that you hear, overhear, sounds, messages ringing in your ears. That's one that I get physically is a ringing in my ears. It just depends on sort of the person, but learning to identify those different sort of characteristics for each sense really helps you to recognize, oh, this is my intuition talking to me. Okay, I'm going to leave that quiz in the show notes, everyone, so everyone can go and take it. Yes, that makes a whole lot of sense because I have over time developed a beautiful relationship with my intuition based on evidence that when I've trusted in the past, things work out in my favor. And sometimes I think that if anyone listening to this, I know that I definitely delve into spirituality when it comes to emotional entrepreneurship. But if anyone is listening to this and just feels so disconnected, it comes from strengthening a muscle like anything else. It comes from feeling something, acting on it in small doses as you build up your trust and then you could take bigger and bigger and bigger risks with your intuition. For me, mine sits beautifully in my solar plexus chakra. That is the that chakra is always on fire to the point that, you know, sometimes I feel like I need to calm it down and that's where I feel it. Sometimes I'll even physically want to vomit when I move forward with my intuition because when you follow your intuition, it's not this easy filled, pleasure filled, beautiful path. A lot of the times your intuition is telling you to do things that are scary, that are out of your comfort zone. That's, you know, ignoring the college degree and becoming a spiritual entrepreneur or signing a lease on an office or hiring your first employee or saying, sorry, I'm not going to be a doctor to your parents. You're going to be a fucking yoga instructor. Those things take a lot of courage. And so As we follow our intuition, I find one of the most prominent emotions that comes up is fear after we've identified that we're having an intuitive hit and then we decide, are we going to follow this or not? For me, fear comes in. So can you talk a little bit about if anyone here is listening and they're like, you know what? I have this intuitive hit that I should be doing this or I want to travel or I want to leave my partner, whatever it is. I want to leave my job, but fear then comes in and it puts a barrier on that beautiful channel that really is our purpose. And it invites all of the human egoic scarcity fear stuff in. What do we do to preserve that intuitive channel and to identify that we're afraid, but to continue to follow that intuitive hit no matter what? Well, first of all, you took the words right out of my mouth. All the things you said, 100%. And really interestingly, as you were giving this sort of example, you identified A, all the things along my journey that were really scary when I first started, as well as it was suggested that I become a doctor. That was one of the things that people wanted me to do. So when you were talking, I was like, interesting. Like, are you sure you're not the professional intuitive? I have psychic abilities. I was told in college by a girl who read me in the dorm room, just that exact same fucking scenario you said that happened to me. Uh, She told me I was psychic and bipolar. And then I was diagnosed a week later with bipolar disorder. And I see spirits too, which is another conversation for another day that I'm very private about. So anyways, thank you for picking up on that because this is an example of two women with open channels. And so we get to play in a little bit of a Mm -hmm. juicier conversation. Okay, keep going. Connecting into each other's intuitions. 
you know, the other thing I think is really important that you touched on that I'd like to speak on before I answer the question is the fact that you feel like you really identify things in your solar plexus. And I think that's really important to touch on because you identified earlier this feeling of feeling immediately super excited and then immediately super scared and uncomfortable and challenged, which can cause defensiveness in us almost. It's like, don't ask me to do that. Like, I don't want to do that. And that makes so, so, so much sense because your solar plexus is connected to your confidence. So at first you're feeling extremely confident about that decision. And then you're feeling extremely lacking in confidence around that decision. So it makes sense that you're kind of experiencing that spectrum of emotion in that area that is so responsible for the way that you feel about yourself. So I just think that's a really interesting thing to touch on. But to answer your question more specifically, you really also touched on this. It is a journey and it is a journey in which you put into practice testing your intuition and realizing your relationship to it. So taking that first initial risk, even though it may feel really scary, choosing something perhaps smaller, choosing something perhaps less intimidating, like, okay, I'm going to hire this person to work with on my website, or I'm, or I'm going to, you know, buy this domain name or just the, the smaller things that don't necessarily require these like huge financial or emotional investments, at least at first. I think we can both relate to making those investments much bigger, much later on, but it's taking those baby steps. And as you do, the things that you're asked to do will become bigger and bigger and bigger. And because you've put in the practice, you've put in the work of like moving with the little things, the bigger things start to feel less intimidating. So I'm sure that you can relate to this very strongly at this point in my life, about seven years into my business journey. I am so comfortable with risks. Like I don't think twice about taking a big risk and people around me are constantly like, are you sure you want to do that? It's really scary. And I'm like, come on, like, let's just do the damn thing. Like it's going to pay off. It always does. It always does. And that's the thing that I think people hesitate around is like taking those first initial steps, which leaves you with nowhere to go. If you don't buy the domain, if you don't take those baby steps, then you aren't ready to take the bigger steps, but it's about really kind of moving along with your intuition and moving from the little things into the big things, recognizing that being afraid is just a part of it. It's a natural part of that journey. And your ego, the voice of negation that tries to talk you out of these things doesn't go away. And I think that's something that people don't like to talk about is like, we talk about overcoming our ego or befriending our ego or dealing with our ego. And yes, all those things are possible, but your ego is never extracted or evicted from your body. It's always there. And you just get better at identifying which voice is intuition, which voice is ego and choosing to listen to the intuition and choosing to quiet the ego. And it's hard because intuition whispers and ego screams. So it's obviously easier to hear someone that's screaming over someone that's whispering. But when we learn to identify the voice of ego, when we learn to identify what it's saying to us and how it communicates with us, just like we want to learn to identify our intuitive voice and how it communicates with us, knowing the distinction between those two people is very, very important. And it's almost like if you met identical twins, like you have to find ways of telling them apart because they're both just talking to you. So you have to be able to learn this, this voice, this is this voice. And very, very often, if not every time, your intuition is guiding you into exactly what you need to do. And your ego is saying, no, that's scary. That's dumb. You're stupid. That could never work out. It's like those voices are actually very, very obviously different, but learning which one to listen to for some reason is difficult for us because we're conditioned 
to believing the negative about ourselves, which is why my mentorship is really focused on positive psychology. I use a lot of mind hacking and positive psychology in marriage with intuitive and universal properties of energy, because you can't just be a spiritual being on this earth. You also have to be human and work with your body and work with your chemistry and your emotions and your brain, your mind, because it's very married with these parts of yourself. So learning to make that distinction and then developing relationships to both of those voices so you can know which to listen to and which to tell the fuck off. Okay, recap real quick. The identical twin image is so good because I think it acknowledges and allows people to take a deep breath who are like, I don't fucking understand the difference. I don't understand the difference. And so knowing that you have to spend a lot of time with identical twins to know who is who very quickly, right? So where you can look them in the eye and know which is which, it's Mm -hmm. the same thing with our emotions and our feelings. So I love that. Something else, an image that popped up into my head is like the angel and the devil on your shoulder, Mm -hmm. like the devil being the ego and the angel being your intuition. For some reason, that really resonated with me as well. They're both there and you have to live with both at all times. And then you said, I'm just like recapping my thoughts here. I'm analyzing. I'm integrating. You said that we don't ever not live without the ego. And I think that is so important because once you accept that we will have to live with this ego, identify it, be in relationship with it for the rest of your life is when you accept that we are having a human experience and that our soul chose to be here for a human experience. And I think that in the world of spirituality, oftentimes we travel to the soul and to the intuition and to energy and we're all one, et cetera, levitation, whatever the fuck you want to call it. And we Mm -hmm. negate the purpose of being here, which is to be a human. And so being a human, I believe one of our many purposes here is to understand the difference between our intuition and our ego, accept the ego and either live despite its warnings or live with its warnings, whatever feels best for you. But for me, that was a huge groundbreaking moment in my mental health journey, like take, you know, take away spirituality, my mental health journey, that uncomfortable emotions, painful emotions, fear, anxiety will never go away. No matter how good your life gets, no matter if you're living in your purpose or if you're in the dream relationship, you have the dream home, you've got the retirement fund, you know, times a hundred, that is part of being a human being. And I had to accept that part because I was so resistant that it had to be a part of this existence here. So I love the idea of not being at war with your ego and listening to it, but you don't really need to answer its call all the time. Rather, it would benefit you if you didn't. So when you follow an intuitive hit, there is, as you said many, many times, every time you follow your your intuition, there is risk involved. Or there's like a perceived risk that we think because our rational mind starts going and tells you all the things that could go. Or fear that's triggered. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. But it is the biggest, or I have found my biggest expansion after listening to my intuition, taking on risk, moving through fear, and then living in the magic. That's kind of like the four steps that happen for me. Mm. So can you talk a little bit about, I suppose, I don't want to call them the naysayers, but the argument that we should live more rationally versus trusting our Mm. essence and our emotions. Because whenever I'm following my intuition, the question I always ask myself is, am I being rational and realistic here? And I believe that question is very limiting and it's been 
man constructed that rationality is the end all be all most highest form of creating decisions in your life. So can you just touch on your experience with that? If anyone's listening and they're like, but I need to be rational. Mm, Absolutely. So what I would say is that rationality is a very like human, earthly, earthbound, physical thing. And intuition is the opposite. It is ethereal. It is universal. It is energetic. It is invisible. And so, of course, those two things are going to feel in conflict with one another. And your intuitive hits will likely not feel rational. They will ask you to do things that seem very irrational or illogical or lacking pragmatism or even potentially, you know, dangerous, like spending a lot of money that you're not sure that you have or things that, you know, might feel like it could lead you into ruin. The stakes are high very often with our intuition and what it asks us to do. So to say that perhaps you can like overcome rationality or that like, you know, you have to find a way around it is an important concept because yes, like basically rationality is a tool of the ego. Ego is like, but does it work? But does it do the numbers add up? Like, how do you think this could possibly become true? Which limits our ability to manifest because our intuition is a very powerful tool for manifestation. When we connect to the emotion, which is what intuition brings us, as well as the vision, which is what intuition brings us, we are able to much more easily manifest things. But ego likes to come in, intercept those emotions and those visions and distract you so that you can't do that manifesting work. So rationality is sort of a tool of ego that it uses to do that interception work. So when you start to feel that voice coming over you of like, is it rational? Ask yourself, maybe it's not rational, but what if it's possible? Because that brings you back into working with the intuition, working with the imagination, working with the visualization and the emotion, which is where you need to be. So really, it's almost like if someone were trying to like get in your way, like intercept you, and then you go, okay, I'm just going to move you aside for a second and keep walking. What if it were possible? What if it was rational? What if it was completely safe for me to do this? That's how you're able to kind of circumvent the distraction of rationality and get back into intuition. Because again, very often it's not going to be the rational choice. It's going to be the scary, risky, terrifying, overwhelming, daunting, confusing choice, but it's still going to pay off in the end because it's being delivered from a higher source. It's not just like some sort of random thought that you're having. It's coming from somewhere that's trying to take you where you want to go. And often rationality prevents us from being imaginative enough in ourselves to understand or to create in our minds a pathway to get where we want to go. So intuition comes in and says, okay, I'm going to do that for you. Here's a vision of how it's possible. Here's the feeling that you get when you imagine that it's so. So rationality is always going to be there, but you have to find a way around it. Yeah. Beautiful example of this is my friend who's a fellow entrepreneur. She wants to do this thing. It costs X amount of money. And I know her business very intimately and we were talking through it and I gave her my rational point of view, which was that this money would technically on paper be better spent in this avenue if she wants to see this types of results. But she said, I, it's just in me. Like, I don't know why I can't stop thinking about it. I want to do it. And so I said, well, if you're feeling that it's for a reason And we can't negate that gut feeling, that intuition, because if you're feeling it, that means that there is a purpose of exploring this. Maybe you're going to do it, whatever. But 
there is a reason for that. And sometimes when we follow our rational minds, we look at an equation, right? If I do this, I will receive this, and this will be somewhat of an ROI to move forward. But when we follow our intuition, if she goes ahead and does that, she could meet someone at this thing who then invests or who does this. And all of a sudden, when you open yourself up to not negating and ignoring those primal desires and needs to move your business or your creativity or your passions forward, life unfolds in different ways. There's always, when you look back on your life, there's always a reason why you did that one thing, right? Like I was looking at, for example, having my book launch at the Santa Monica Proper Hotel. It was three times more than what I originally went in to pay. And I said, no, I need to have it here because it's expansive and beautiful and luxurious and it's energetically welcoming in my book in the way my book deserves. And that opened a whole portal for myself. So many times I just wanted to point out that rationally, I think we go into the rational mind to feel as if we have some kind of a control over the future outcome. But when you trust your intuition, you're actually like, you're giving up the control and you're giving up the results to something bigger because you're following your desires and your passions. And rationality can become a justification for self-doubt. Oh yeah. And playing small for sure. It could be like, you know, I already don't think I can do this. And the numbers suggest that that's true or like these, you know, these statistics from my business suggest that that's true. It becomes a justification for self-doubt, which is created by ego. So it's just a tool of ego. Also, you can use rationality and make up whatever the fuck you want. Like all of a sudden now these rational arguments are not rational any longer and your mind somehow fit it to admit anything. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about those who are entrepreneurs since is this, this, geez, why am I slipping up on my words here? This is the (laughs) emotional entrepreneur podcast. We are ending 2021. This is the last episode of the year and we're going into 2022 Can you provide some tips, value, guidance, whatever comes through to entrepreneurs who are looking to play a big game in 2022? And part of that big game means getting in touch with their intuition and feeling safe enough to follow those intuitive hits. Can you talk about the intersection between intuition and being a successful entrepreneur? Definitely. I think that's an an excellent question. One of the things that I think is worth touching on is that numerologically, so according to numerology, we're entering into a year six. We all have our own individual numerology. And it's one of the things I use a lot in my intuitive readings. I create reports around it. Like it's very useful. It's kind of adjacent to astrology, if you will, and entering collectively into a year six. And there are a couple of things that are really important to hone in on, on a year six that I think can be extremely useful to entrepreneurs, especially first and foremost, this particular year six, it's like a triple two, which is very exciting. It's important to know that putting in the work in a way that maybe feels like you're pushing against things sometimes is still really valid. It seems like a lot of times when we feel like there's pushback, we can think, oh, this is the universe or this is you know God or whatever we identify with telling me this is the wrong way. Not always. There's things we can really learn. There's things that we can really be enhanced by. There's people that we can meet, relationships we can form, networking we can experience that is a result of pushback that we might experience as we pursue something. This year is going to be a big year of co-creation for the collective. So working with our own 
desires and working with the universe to bring those into a manifested reality. So being able to recognize that you may experience pushback and it doesn't mean that you don't persist. It means that there's something to be gained in that pushback is really, really useful. And I think that very often we experience pushback. And again, we think like, oh, the universe pushing against me, or we think this is a validation of my own internal fears. This is, you know, my ego was right. My, it's a justification for like the, the agenda of ego. And again, not the case. There's something to be gained. So first and foremost, recognizing that if you experience pushback this year, which collectively we're going to experience, recognize that there is a benefit in it and just look forward to the benefit. Don't waste your time being stressed or angry or worried or confused or frustrated. Just go, oh, this wasn't how I expected to go this way, but I'm being taken on a detour where I'm going to be, you know, arriving at something else that I needed to receive as well. It's a blessing in disguise, recognizing pushback as a blessing in disguise. There's also very importantly, a focus on relationships in a year six. And as entrepreneurs, I think a lot of times we feel very alone, whether it's because we're working from home and we're by ourselves all day long, or it's because the people around us can't understand what we're going through because our journey is very unique compared to maybe their nine to five, but we can feel very isolated. And we can also feel at times very unsupported by the people in our lives who don't maybe understand what we're doing or the choices that we're making or the path that we're walking. And so making a focus on deepening your relationships with people who understand. And that can mean making a more focused effort into networking. It can mean making a, a more concerted effort into making yourself vulnerable with other people in your industry or people in you know complementary industries that you feel you can share support with. Being willing to form relationships is very important because we all hold each other up. I think especially as female entrepreneurs, there's not one single female entrepreneur that I can think of that I wouldn't want to completely experience success, fulfillment, and abundance beyond her wildest dreams. And I think especially, I was thinking about this this morning, actually, because there's a fellow podcaster in my industry who just like hates my guts and I have done nothing but be supportive, love her, offer her money when she needed it. Like just be completely, you know, complimentary of her. And it's because she holds a competition mentality over a collaborative mentality. She experiences me as threatening, right? Even though I experience her as like amazing and expansive and like, I you know hope to emulate her. So being willing to form relationships that are supportive and literally like extending support for the sake, for the sake of extending support, not because you expect to receive something in return is a very powerful energetic exchange that will be magnified in 2022. And it's funny because 2022 is like I said, a triple two year because we have 2022 and year two numerologically is about scratching people's backs, knowing that you're not going to get your back scratched immediately, but they will come back and scratch your back when you need it. And that's a great thing to have in you know the back of your mind. But when you simply are of service and of support to others because you want them to succeed, they are in fact more likely to want to give back to you because you extended yourself to them so genuinely. So forming relationships, another huge, huge theme in a year six. And last but not least, a thing that entrepreneurs can really use in kind of in using their intuition is laying some sort of supportive foundation for yourself, whether that's 
opening a different savings account or creating a 401k or how, whatever it is that you want to do to lay some groundwork for yourself so that your future self will thank you for a year six is a really, really, really positive time to do that. So a lot of ways to experience auspiciousness and also to recognize that even in the times when we feel like we're being pushed against, we are actually being blessed with something that we can't see at the moment. And that's going to be on a very collective scale this year. Part of me is like, fuck, I don't need more. I don't need more. Yeah, I don't need more pushback. But that's like, and then I was like reminding myself as you were talking, I was like, you know, that's, that's fucking life. Like we get, you know, in an earlier episode, I had Tori Washington on and she cracked open this idea for me that I soften in the hardness So I think that oftentimes we run away from things being hard or pushing yourself up against a wall or why isn't it easy and shouldn't this flow and be aligned, et cetera. But I am someone that actually thrives in the hardness. That's where I get cracked open and that's where my beauty starts pouring out and then I feel ease. And so what you said, I'm just kind of going through my process, my emotional thought process here is... Why did you have to tell me that? No, I'm tired. I'm done. And then, oh, wait, that's where my beauty comes from in those moments where it feels as if not that nothing's working, but there's a little bit of a resistance. There's a little bit of that pushback. There's a little bit of, wait a minute, what what is going on here? And then surrendering into a bigger magical picture that will eventually be painted and revealed for me. So, I mean, it takes pressure to make a diamond, first of all. But also, I think sometimes, you know, being a part of pushback doesn't always mean that you're receiving it. Sometimes you're the source of pushback for someone else. Like sometimes you're the thing that's pushing against someone else. And it's hard when you want to be supportive of everyone to say no, or to deny people, whether it's your time, your energy opportunities, doors that you could open for them. You have to ask yourself, does it serve me? Because you do have to consider yourself. You can't pour from an empty cup. You can't always just be in giving, 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 that's not a balanced experience. And so there will be times this year where probably each of us is experienced as the pushback for someone else. And it's important to recognize that we're not sending them away because we don't like them or we don't want to support them. It's because they are meant to have a different experience. They're meant to walk a different path to that destination that doesn't involve us. So you may not be just the receiver of pushback. You may be the extender of pushback. And we have to be willing to be courageous and forge relationships, even when it feels like there might be some dissonance in the collective. And dissonance is important. It shakes things up and it rearranges things. And I think we've experienced that a lot over the last two years. And so to think that there's more ahead is kind of fucking depressing where it's like, really? More of this bullshit? But it's a different, it's a different shade of the bullshit. And it's and this all of it, all of this has been incredibly restructuring for the entire collective. And so we're still on a path of restructuring and there's nothing wrong with that. I think as entrepreneurs, we can all agree that sometimes restructuring is very, very, very necessary, if not, you know, imperative. Yeah. And thank you for saying that, that I could be the one doing the pushback on someone else. Cause I actually kind of foresee that. I don't know why that felt really, that resonated with me as something that maybe might happen, especially in relationships, especially as entrepreneurs, you have to be extremely extremely discerning with your time and your energy and who's in your orbit. So thank you Mm -hmm. for that. One last question. Yes. If someone's listening to this and they know that intuition, they have that intuitive hit of something, they can visualize it so much and they just need that last bit of encouragement to move forward 
let's go through an entrepreneurial lens. It's something in business. Mm. They want to start something. They want to start a podcast. They want to start an agency. They want to post about spirituality. They want to be a yoga teacher, whatever it is. They have it and they've been listening to this whole episode and they need one final push to get going. What would you say to them? So what I would say is don't ask for a sign. Don't waste your time. Don't ask for anything else because your intuitive hit is the sign. If you've been told, it means you're supposed to. And a lot of times we look for external validation. We go to our circle of people. We say, what do you think? Do you think it's a good idea? Stop asking for any validation outside of yourself, whether it's from people or non-physical entities of the universe. You already know what you have to do. That's your sign. That's all you need. That's so good. We look for signs outside of ourselves all the time when technically the download, the intuitive hit is the fucking sign. That's that's it. That's it. Stop there. We're done there. No more questioning. No more searching. We're trusting what God gives us into our bodies, our emotions, our mind. Thank you so much for coming on. You're a fucking delay. It is an honor to support you at Scouts Agency and to introduce you to my community. Well, thank you so much. Can you let everybody know where they can find you? Well, first, I would like to say thank you so much for having me. And signing up with Scouts Agency was, in fact, an intuitive hit. Spirit told me, work with Scouts Agency and... I had actually been pitched on Scout Agency many, many moons ago. And I was like, oh, I can't afford it, whatever. It's, you know, back in the day. And I knew exactly who I wanted to work with, exactly who could serve me to the best of their ability. And intuition led me to you, even though it was a little scary. So I hope everyone who's out there is thinking, hey, I want to work with Scout. Guess what? You should. You can find me on Instagram and TikTok at the underscore Merhipsy, M-E-R-H-I-P-S-Y. My TikTok following is abysmal. So if you want to do me a solid and go support a sister, go ahead and hit me up on TikTok. And of course, you can find me and my services and my offerings at merhipsy.com. And I hope to connect with you again, Scout. I hope to connect with your audience. I think there's so much that we can experience together. And I want to just thank you again for having me here. Thank you, love. And everyone. You can follow me at Scout Sobo on Instagram. Have a beautiful rest of your 2021 and I will see you in 2022. I hope this episode has landed with you in the perfect timing that you need it. I hope that it gives you the courage to chase after your dreams and purpose. If you are so willing, I would be honored if you would text this episode to a friend. If you would rate the podcast five stars and write a review and follow me on Instagram at Scout Sobel. Over there, you can find links to sign up for my newsletter, which is also in the show notes, and get involved in all of my offerings, from Scout's agency to OKSIS podcast to this podcast. If you're looking for a deeper dive of my work, you can find my debut book, The Emotional Entrepreneur, on Amazon. I am so appreciative you are here, and I will see you on the next episode.